Hey, so since we did a three-hour podcast, I'm going to cut this up into two parts. So part one will be coming to you tomorrow. Uh, you'll be getting part one, then you'll get part two. Uh, we're going to divide it up, the culture, the, the the less football stuff on the front end, and then we'll do the football piece on the back end. All right, man. Hope you guys enjoy. We had the funniest ad-libs in, like, rap history. She took a little shh, mixed it with the chill out. And now she's saying she's seeing 3D, bro. It sucks, too, because that song is honestly, that uh, Hotel Lobby is actually a banger. Yeah, it is. It's a bang. Like, that is some shit you can ride to. Like, you can play. And, like, I think everybody that knows, the like, you can literally, like, get hyped to it. Like, that's a song, like, I would get hyped. Like, before a game, if we're, like, warming up, I'd love for that to be playing in the layup lines. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I'm- I'm definitely doing the finger roll above the rim. Or or either that or you're doing one of those ones where you go up and you like you lay it up, but like then like you you do the, the two hand smack on the glass. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're dancing, and like you, but you're dancing on the other side. Like you're you're getting yeah. ready for the game. <laughs> you're getting ready for the game. Yeah, nice little layup line, little. You know another great layup line song? What? Damn, Young Bloods. Yeah, I can see that too. What? Hey, which by the way, and I guess once uh, Mr. Turner's back, we still have to do that show. We do. Yeah, we still got to do that show. But that's a good one. So, so the funny, true story, funny story. Justice used to DJ our games. He would be the one that would do the music for halftime and. Um, Obviously, he had to either do, depending on what the song's content was, he had pretty much it was instrumentals, but like, because, you know, Christian school. But like, um, we used to open up, um, there's a couple of songs we would always listen to, but we would open up with uh, I Want to Rock Right Now, Snoop, the Snoop Dogg version, Right About Now, do, 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 Snoop Dogg. But like, that would be one that I want to rock right now. Uh, that, yeah, too short on there. We do oh let's do it but mm-hmm. the, the little wayne the no ceiling little wayne version but clean because that would get you know oh let's do it is another one that like gets people like yeah let me tell you what i just realized on chris long's podcast they have a segment called layup line and like really? they talk about like they play like a song it just took me to now to realize why they call that layup line. Why? Because it's music for the layup line. Oh. Like, well, oh. Yeah, I guess. All right. Yeah, you know, the layup line's a fun place. And, like, I need to go play in, like, some old, like, some men's league, like, like a fucking Christmas tournament or something so I can give me a little layup line action going. Just a little something, huh? Yeah, just a little music, little layup line, you know, a little finger roll, little, little. Because you don't slap the glass with two hands like playing. Like, ooh, you rarely do that. You're, you're doing shit you would not do in the game. I mean, that's why LeBron even would do. Now, I, I've seen LeBron go between the legs in a game. But, like, you know, but guys are doing, like, just these, like, especially in high school. Well, that was what? Well, I think they can dunk now in warm-ups in high school. 
See, but yeah, because even for us now, granted, I'm not somebody that I obviously I like I've dunked and stuff before, but like I wasn't somebody that would just always get a clean flush. Mm-hmm. And so um even to spice it up a little, I do the layup line, the person coming to rebound, I throw it to him and then he throw me an alley even I just like you know what I mean? You add you add so much flavor, like shit that you're probably not gonna do in a game, you're doing it like even the just you know, just going between like just ridiculous moves that you're not gonna do like between the legs, spin, jerk it back, up and under, it goes all the way over. Well, well hell, even for even if you're not because most niggas ain't dunking between the legs in high school, even between the leg layup. You're not doing that on, on a fast break. Exactly. Even if you're wide open, you're not why would you and you could be up 20, but coach is gonna take you out, especially if you're not like this D1 behemoth that's going to you know villain <laughs> like and practice is gonna be terrible for you yeah because he's gonna be like he's like he's like it's a game right <laughs> he's like all right well I got a game for you it's called suicides all practice my coach did that to me once on a what Saturday you, morning practice what did you I do to, uh I swear to God man I don't even remember what happened and why he did it but he was like, he's like, you're running. 50. He said, 50. That's how my coach used to talk. He's like, 50. And I had to not drop and give me 50. No. 50 suicides. Were they timed? No, man. He wasn't even realistically counting. But because he's running practice, I'm doing it, you know, on the sideline out of bounds. But like, yeah, man. I don't even remember. But the crazy part, I really. Whatever I promised, it wasn't even warning. I didn't push anyone. Like it wasn't. I didn't say nothing to him. It was. It was just something that I don't. He was mad that day. We used to do this thing if we got uh, texts. It was like a combination of defensive slides, suicides, and bear crawls. And you had like seven minutes to do all of it. And if you did not get that shit done in seven minutes, uh, it didn't count. Wow. Who was counting? The assistant coach? No, it was after practice. Oh, so he's watching. Yes. <laughs> so many memories, just in general, from especially high school ball. And, like, the worst part is that we blew out a lot of the people we played. All right, so like I said, 36-2. and two, We blew – we probably played in, like, four close games all year. And a lot of them were in the playoffs. But, like – I mean, our region was cupcake. I mean, I don't have even have to lie about it. I mean, hell, it's still the scores are still on Max Pro. I mean, we would beat teams like ninety six to twenty five. Like, I mean, was, yeah, bro. Like the whole team played. Like, you know what I mean? Like everybody kind of would get some numbers. Oh yeah, we gotta throw that in the there. Even though I don't really know what you want to talk about regarding that type of basketball, but um. Uh, I just think we should give it some some light, you know. Uh, the league doesn't get talked about enough, and That's true. and it'll never grow if people don't talk about it. But we're not going to open with that now. We're going to bury it. Like it's going to be like on the it's a B side now. <laughs> we we've already opened up here with high school basketball memories. Right, but you know what time? We are all here to do 
So you'd like to open and discuss uh, some decisions made by Arthur Smith after we fumbled our opportunity, or really we Washington picked off our opportunity to uh, take uh, the lead in the division. Or even better, we gave Washington the opportunity um, to do it. But, yeah, I, I think that uh, Arthur Smith, you're somebody that I am behind, and I still think that you're the right guy for the job as of now. But it was the most Dan Quinn-esque play call that I had seen since Dan was gone. And, you know, the Falcons have a knack for figuring out ways to lose games that they either could win or should win. And let's paint the picture. It's second and goal, about a minute, maybe it was a minute, two seconds left on the clock. Uh, Three timeouts. Washington used their final timeout after uh, the first down play call to where they had no more timeouts, and which should tell you everything you need to know about the situation. That defense called that timeout because they needed to preserve as much clock as possible because basically, well, if they score and they don't miss the extra point or we don't block the extra point, Essentially, we need as much time as possible because we need to be able to get down the field and score. If you're the Falcons, you've got all three timeouts. It's second and goal on the fourth. You're a top five rushing team in the NFL. All of your running backs are pretty good-sized guys, so they're not like – you know, we don't have Darren Sproles back there running the ball. Um, Marcus Mariota, your quarterback, probably does more damage with his legs than his arms to begin with. And – in that situation, we decide, you know, we're gonna we're, we're gonna throw the ball. There's so much that's wrong with that. And I think that somebody like Arthur Smith should know a little bit better considering the circumstance surrounding that period. Not just actual end game, but how important that game is. You win that football game, you're back at 500, you're in first place today. And more importantly, you've got the inside track on a wild card spot because not only do you have a tiebreaker between you and the Washington commanders, but Seattle loses that day. They're six and five. They've already had their buy. You haven't had your buy. You got the inside track because if Seattle, like, like I think we all believe that they're going to do, they're going to be a competitive team, but like, Realistically, Seattle's not going, but you have a tiebreaker against them. So you've got the inside track on a wild card spot, even if you don't somehow win the division, even though you become the first place team in the division. And I just think that in that moment that he knew better than to draw up certainly that type of pass play. And I think that Cordero was open, but your quarterback can't make that – We've got to know our personnel a little bit better. And I think in those rainy conditions, too, you run the football. Because if you get stopped, okay, now you got 40 seconds going out. Now you've got 20 seconds, two downs, and three timeouts. What's so bad about that? You get two cracks at getting the right play call. Or who's to say you run the ball and then you get it on the one? I mean, we don't know because he didn't do it. But – I just think that analytically, especially people, the analytics people, 
the best possible play call was probably to run the football in that situation, and he didn't do it. Well, fuck you, Arthur. No, I'm kidding. Bad play call, Arthur Smith. Yeah, you keep doing that, you'll be just like DQ. You'll be back in a coordinator position. Maybe somebody will think that you deserve some trick because DQ's gonna get a head coaching job yeah. next year. Maybe, maybe he just move offices across the hall. That too. <laughs> but I, I we can get Sean Payton. That's what they're gonna do. I, I when I I didn't like the play. I like the play. I liked the play call if Matt Ryan was still our quarterback because he was open. Uh, he was thrown it to our best player. Okay. And, I mean, does Cordero Patterson ever not fall forward? You know, so even if he gets hit, which he should, I, I don't think he would have even got, gotten real contact. Uh, it was just poor clock management because even if it's an incomplete pass, the clock's not running. We're in the red zone. We have our timeouts. We want to burn as much time as possible because that touchdown puts us up one. Mm-hmm. And and we don't want Taylor Heineke to get a P.I. or Scary Terry to do what we know he can do. And then they get a walk-off field goal. Yeah. Like, we want to bleed as much clock. So I didn't understand passing. You've, you've ran the ball the entire game. It was a freaking slobber knocker out there. Like, just, just keep knocking slobber, dude. Stop trying to get cute. But we see it so often with so many of these offensive play callers. They get too cute now. It's like, how can I jazz it up? Hey, DQ, you're not an OC trying to get a job. You're not an OC trying to get a head coaching job. You have the head coaching job. Don't get cute. Get wins. You get wins. You get you keep your job. And if you want to and, and if your, your tread runs off, you know, you become a head coach. Right. You yep. know what I mean? Like. Sean Payton built up enough equity in New Orleans and in the league that he's a head coach. No one would dare call Sean Payton to be a coordinator. No one yep. would dare call Mike Tomlin to be a coordinator. Nobody would dare call Andy Reid to be a coordinator. Hell, nobody would call uh, uh, Chip Kelly to be a coordinator. He's not. Co- he's a head coach. And, and it, it's okay to get cute as a coordinator to become a head coach. I get it. But once you get that HC by, by your name, when when you look up at the Wikipedia, there's like no uh there's no letters beside that position. It, it just says Atlanta Falcons. Bro, get wins. That's all that matters. And I I just don't understand why he got away from who he is. I mean, we'll be down 18 and he'll be, and he'll run the damn ball. Yeah, and and that's kind of it's the identity of the football team, correct? I mean, so, like, it's just one of those things where in that situation, I could see – I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If it was third and goal, I could see that play call. It was second right. and goal, man, and it was four down territory. I mean, you knew if you didn't get it – you knew that you, you had three downs to get it done. And for the first play call to be – all right, we're going to throw what – I guess what would that be? It's not – a curl maybe for the running back? Like that's Ooh. kind of what it seemed like, like a running back curl because he was in the backfield next to him, drops back, goes through, and kind of curls in to get the ball. And 
I don't know. Know your personnel. Marcus Mariota. It's not that. Why not even if you're going to throw it and give them time to get the ball and even kick the field goal, which, like I said, I'm just against it because either I, my thought was this when they when Washington called the final timeout, they might let you score just because they don't want to not have the ball. And even if they even if Riverboat Ron believes in his defense to get two, three stops for four yards, man, it's just it's so disappointing and. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. It, it, it was just one of those things where you do get frustrated because you sit there, you're rooting for this team. You you're invested in this team and you bet on this team. Yeah. You put, you got, you, you put money on this team and on top of, you know, putting money on them. I mean, you give them money. You're a donor. You know, you're a you're a donor for the team. I mean, you you help pay somebody's salary. Hey, and Arthur, where are our gifts? This is bullshit. These little seat gifts we've got this year, total bullshit. Can you reward your season ticket holders? Tell that son of a bitch. And you know Arthur Blanks. He um I was listening to a clip of Michael Vick on Shannon Sharp's podcast. Uh when he uh declared bankruptcy. One of the, one of the debts he owed was his uh was his signing bonus. Really? Yeah, he said that's actually the biggest reason why he had to file for bankruptcy because uh the signing bonus was like the debt that put him on like like a piece. Uh, super interesting. I'm actually gonna listen to it, the whole thing because he was talking about people thought I had my money messed up, and I didn't. I had an $8 million. He's like, I did the bankruptcy thing and I had this $8 million investment and I still haven't found it money yet. I'm surprised that somebody his stature wouldn't be able to locate it. I mean, I guess when you're making so much of it, I guess that could go missing. I mean, I mean, it's not like us losing a hundred bucks or something, right? Like, say you had $100, like, in your pocket, not in your wallet, and then, like, you're like, damn, where did that 100 go? <laughs> like That happened to me not too long ago. I put a, I put 100 in, a, in, in some sweats, and I was like, oh, I'll put it in my wallet when I get to it, like, later. I, I, later never happened. I, I've taken my clothes out of the dryer, and when I, I haven't worn a pants, like I, like, I have black jeans that I don't wear all the time, mm-hmm. but then I put them on, I found a 50 in the ass, and I was like, ooh. He's like, that's nice. <laughs> like, I can use, like, I can go out and use this. <laughs> like, you know, not like a ones, couple ones. Like, you know, you left the strip club or something. You had some extra one and you just stuffed them because you didn't want to give them to that stank bitch. That's you know, <laughs> you got a g string all up in your fucking face. You know, begging for more money. You know how the strip club, right? And you're not a big strip club guy. I was once a big strip club guy. Just how disgusting of a place is it? Like, as much as we try to act like we are just these advanced human beings, right? We are all sick beings who want to fuck. Because you go in that strip club and you look at whatever type of woman you're into, they're there, depending on where you go. Yeah. Specifically in Atlanta, Georgia, where much like rap, a lot of people consider this to be some, I mean, I know people think Houston too, but like 
basically a capital for it. Yeah, we got the scammers. Support it. It was scammers, drug dealers, rappers, corporate, celebrity, celebrity strippers, basically. You know? And you're just sitting there or you're standing there, depends on what strip club you go to and how they treat you the the regular folk. I've learned that strip clubs outside of Atlanta are a much more enjoyable experience because you don't have to pay for for the bare minimum. Like you can actually sit down and be comfortable. Uh, they're just shaking their ass and their breasts. Sometimes they're opening up their woman part. You know, they're opening up their vagina. Maybe the, the butterfly. Yeah, and you're just throwing your hard-earned or hard-scammed money at them. And it's, like, acceptable. In, like Outside of being uh, uh, in the clergy, there's no career where it's just not where it's like it frowned upon to go to the strip club. It's literally a donation pot, right? Like, like I, I know it's, hear me out. I know it's weird to look at it that way, but I know you're talking about going to a, basically something where a donation is going to be made tomorrow. Boys and girls club, right? Yep. It's the same thing, but the cause is ass. Because you, because you want to see it. You're like, you're like, man, I'm in here. And that's the etiquette. That's kind of, it's. Oh, we lost him for a second. I don't know what happened, but yeah, not a strip club conversation is, is, is a wild one. Just think about it. You leave, you'll leave your, your lady at home just to go look at these strippers. And I'm sure there are some people who want to touch and do all of that and do a little bit more. I'm not one of those guys. I like to leave them where they are. Uh, But go ahead, because I was just talking about how crazy it is. You'll leave the ass you have at home to go spend money to look at ass that you're not going to leave with. Right. And, And then even more importantly, even with the ass that you have at home, at that point, what is kind of the point of going? Because unless you're cheating... Because you know, you, some of them you can bring home, but if somebody's already at home, you're not bringing anyone home, anyways. And it's another thing, like, okay, put it this way I have never, seriously, in my entire life, been the guy that has been like, let's go to the strip club. Now, for homecoming, I did want to get lunch there. That might have been the first time I've ever been like, I suggest a strip club. But the only reason I suggested it is because, one, Magic City is not even half a mile from my house. But then, two, I've never been to a strip club for lunch. And, of course, three, Magic City is supposed to be known for the world-famous wings that I've never had. And so I want to try the lemon pepper lube. Hold on, bro. You didn't get no wings wings when you came to the bachelor party? No. Did y'all have that? Oh, I didn't get any. Yeah, it was a nice spread in there. I, I've i never had uh, Magic City's food, like anything from there. But certainly the only thing I would get would wings and fries, you know. Hey, how about this? We're just talking about basketball, right? Mm-hmm. One of my partners just texted me because uh, he's having a – he's coaching a, a, a charity basketball tournament in Cartersville. And he was like, mm-hmm. I got a spot for you. 
What's the spot? No, on, on his on his charity basketball team. Mm. <laughs> I just might go. Shake out the old legs a little bit. You better ask him as long as it, is it, you know, jerseys and everything? Is it official or is it shirts and skins type thing? Well, I'm assuming if it's celebrity, they almost have to give you all jerseys. What charity? I don't say celebrities. Charity, not celebrity, but charity. Yeah, I meant charity. <laughs> but, but what I was going to say, though, charity, charity basketball. Like I said, it's charity. It's a, it's a donation when mm-hmm. you go there because you're literally donating the ass as opposed to the good cause is the ass. That's the donation, right? Like, I get to see this because – whether I've got somebody at home or not, or I'm, you know, sleeping around, like I'm fucking a bunch of chicks. Like I don't necessarily have a partner. I can come here and no matter what, there's going to be, whether my girl doesn't have this type of ass titties or isn't going to do this type of stuff. And in some cases, depending on the strip club, you can get a show. You can actually get an impressive acrobatic show. And so and that, to me, is where, if you're paying for anything, it's those type of strip clubs. So, and that's where I, I actually fell in love with the strip club in San Diego, right? Because my first, my first, uh, you know, run-ins in the strip club were obviously in college in Atlanta. And you go, okay, you're naked twerking. And I have to pay for you to twerk on me where I could just go to the club. And it's not naked twerk. But it's close. Really twerk, though. I mean, it's I, like, is it even really twerk? I get, I guess a lap dance is, but like, they're not even thinking about. It. They're not even like, you know, getting into your penis, right? They're. they're really <laughs> I don't know. I speak for yourself. <laughs> I tell you what, where I've gone, the lap dances. Yes, they're sitting on. Like, I don't know. There's like, I, I know you. There's a difference. Like, they're not to me like grinding and like like twerk. Like it's like. I don't know. It's a little bit, and they can be intimate because you're paying them, right? But like, I don't know. It just depends. All right, so look, look, uh, of grabbing and talking and like, so what do you hear? Like, like what do you do? Like, t- they they want to they want to figure out if you can give them more money. <laughs> like, so here, so here's so here's the thing. Back in San Diego, I was in a dark spot in life and uh, became a regular at a strip club. Okay, I'm talking about bottle girl, no, no, the bottle girls, security. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, the early night shift, the late night shift, the Tuesday crew. Like, mm-hmm. I was in a strip club two to three times a week. Okay. And some of these nights, bro, I only spend like 20 bucks. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm coming in there. I'm watching Monday night football. I'm eating. I'm having a drink. And I'm sitting there just like talking. And then I'm going, I'm leaving. Because I went in there one time, I, th- I threw a couple dollars, and and I threw less than what it looked like, but I, you know, you throw in, in flurries, right? Big heavy flurries. And um, met this one lady in there, and uh, she, she like she walked up to me, she's like, "Hey, you want a lab dance?" I said, "Uh, look, uh, come back when I'm drunk. Give me about an hour." She came back when I was drunk. She's like, you drunk yet? Like, ah, oh, you remember. Yeah, so whatever. But, like, she was a great pole dancer. And that's why I liked going there is because there were a lot of great pole dancers. 
where you know you got them like like moonwalking all the way down. It's or almost like, like right. it's like you're amazed because you're like, yo, how are you doing that? Like you have the strongest yeah, score like, I've ever seen. Exactly. Then like you got the girl who was like sliding down the pole face first and stops like a foot before the bottom and like flips off into a split and is you're like that's talent. You deserve to get paid for this. You are talented. You are not just that fine, thick girl who can shake her ass so you decide to go down the street and become a stripper. Like, you practice this. Like, you definitely have a pole in your house. You're going to the gym every day. You know what I mean? Like, you you are taking care of yourself. And in San Diego, there's no pressure to get, like, fake bodies. You know, there might be some, some fake boobs here and there. But these are natural girls with natural bodies. Was this a, was this a black strip club or was it mixed? It was mixed. It was mixed. It was mixed, but it was heavier on the black side. Okay. And and honestly, the best DJ in San Diego, when he was like doing like the the black girl stripper sets, because now some girls are are really going out there to pull some sugar on me. It's like, all right, it's time to go to the bar. Ain't nobody trying to listen to this shit. Um... (laughs) But like they would play like all the new stuff. Like when uh Mask Off came off, like like came out. I went to the strip club the night that album dropped, and he was playing Mask Off. Mask on, fuck it, mask off. Yes, correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, another funny strip club story. I need to get off this. Uh, when I would go, when I would go to like the little lap dance area, right? Like they had like a lap dance. You had to go to the back. You would, you just think it's your lap dance in front of everybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sounds like to me. I don't know. No, they had cam- they had cameras back there, and security was be like be walking around. Well, I'm not saying they were fucking me. I'm just saying they're special lap dances. Yeah, if a if a if if a bad song came on, I'd be like, "Hey, stop! You're not getting paid for the song. Now we can wait for another song to come on." But like, I'm no pour some now sugar on me. It, pour some sugar on me. Ain't doing it. But you know, like as you build rapport. That like wave top of the lap dance turns into like the real actual grinding where you feel butt on your junk. The friction. Yeah, you now you feel the friction and you get the excitement. Now I'm not mistaken because I've been to one California strip club in LA. If and it I, I'm almost certain that this is how I remember it, the rule. Either there's no alcohol served and they're naked, or there's alcohol served and they're not naked. Right. Correct? So yeah, so this was alcohol served and they were topless and their little G-strings because we tried a couple of the naked, fully nude strip clubs mm-hmm. and the quality wasn't that high. Like the women, you're like, ew. And then I hold on, I got to go outside and drink my drink and come back in? Uh, no, I want to have my, I was going through a Remy Martin phase. Uh, I want to have my my Remy on the rocks right here as I'm looking at your 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 naked breast or in your your thonged ass. I, I just like how you're putting all this because we're using the most technical terms of this stuff. You know, penis. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's a real conversation, right? Like, like, people go to the strip club and the strip club can be fun, but I, I just say it's, it's a lot better when you, like, have your strip club girlfriend in there. That or even homegirls. Like, as a guy, if you come in there, especially if they look good, right? Or, like... What I mean by strip club girls, what I mean... Like, they're, they're attractive homegirls. 
it makes it it makes it funner for everybody. And 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 one of the things that similar to a golf game, ironically, is also the business aspect. If you're going in there, and you're actually talking about something about making money with somebody. It makes it even funner too because you're spending money together and you're talking about making more of it. And then there's also this random, you know, chick, like I said, in her G-string coming through and there's a butt in your face and you're, you're talking about making more money. And we know that there are a lot of things that motivate men. And I'm not saying ass does, but of course, when you're younger, everybody knows like, like the reason, like I know for me, a part of the reason why I like I wanted to play in the NBA. I mean, I love playing basketball, but you knew you could get all the chicks that you ever wanted if you played in the NBA. And you, of course, there was the money, but like I don't even think like you thought about being rich, but you didn't really think about the dollar figure of what rich is. And especially today's NBA is totally different. How much more money they make, but like that's like the thing. Like you can have any woman that you want, like type shit. So like. If you're sitting there and it's a business deal, it's just like being on a golf course and swinging balls. You're playing a game. You're being competitive. And you're drinking. You're drinking, all right? Or maybe some guys have cigars. I mean, I, I've never gone golfing. But, like, it's like a similar premise except women are involved. Yeah, and as I mean, long as you're a straight man, you uh, – or gosh, I don't want to get canceled. Is straight the right term these days? Homo, uh, heterosexual, maybe? Heterosexual, okay. That sounds a little bit more because pro- uh, straight would mean that uh, if you're not straight, then you're curved and it curved back. You, you, we don't want to get into that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Lamar Jackson, he said something about telling somebody to eat a dick, and then they're like, "That was a fucking homophobic slur." And it's just like, really? Because I guess the other the guy that said it was a guy. Now, if it was a woman, nobody would have had a problem with it because it's just I'll like, be misogynistic. They would have had a problem with it because they would have been like, well, how do you know that she eats dick? What if she eats coochie? <laughs> like, it, it, at this point, we could critique any and everything everybody says. So I just want to catch myself before I fuck the heterosexual males on a golf course. It's a similar thing at a strip club. I think that it works the same way. Yeah. And those are more gentlemen's clubs than strip clubs. Yeah, but it's... Versus it's- like... Uh, which we used to go after games because you used to get in for free with a Hawks ticket or a Falcons ticket, uh, cheetahs, and they have great food. Great food, food. yeah, great food. Uh, I, 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 not a fan. I'd go you for didn't the-, like the women, huh? You didn't like the women, no. They were. I don't, to like, me. I don't like the vibe, the setup either. I didn't like the music. It- it's for white people, kind of. That's kind of how I took it, but like. I liked it because there wasn't this harassment of I'm shaking my ass, throw some money at me. You know, not that it's like a peer pressure type situation, but it's just like, well, what if I just want to, I don't know. You just sit here, sit on my lap and we talk for a little bit. I get to know you. You get to know me. Then maybe afterwards I'm like, you know what? Go ahead. Come on. Shake your titties in my face. Like, you know what I mean? Like something like that. And that was the that was the weekday vibe in San Diego, like weekend. It's it's like hey, change you got some spare change, change you got some spare change, you know. But on on the weekdays, because sometimes I would be telling them strippers, I'm like hey 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 hey, you ain't making no money right now talking to me. What you here for? But let's get off this topic. Let's get off this topic. <laughs> 
I, uh, I spent a lot of time in the strip club and it was fun and I spent a lot of money there and guess what? I don't regret it. Uh, so, huh? Do you, do you want to, you want to, uh, <laughs> talking about strippers. You want to talk about, uh, the Sean Watson's victims showing up, uh, to the game. They're going to be at the, in the, in the, in the booth. Well, I think that's a little fucked up to consider moving on from strippers to those types of women. They're just masseuses. You know, they were just there to rub this man's back, I guess his calves and stuff, anywhere where he had some soreness or some adjustments needed, right? Because, well, they weren't even chiropractors, I'm guessing. Maybe they are chiropractors, but they also do massages. I don't know. Probably weren't even massage therapists. They were just women who, who do massages on Instagram. So they were IG models, basically their money laundering way of looking at it, right? That's some could some could argue. Some could say you have, you have a masseuse service if they even like had one. They're like, nah, you can cash at me or cash. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like a hey, we take credit card payments and it's going to Chase Bank. Some would say, could say, I would not say that. I, I would not accuse these women of that, but some could say that it was a front for sex work. You are a masseuse with no certifications. And if you know anything about the sex work business, like the massage parlor is the biggest front for selling sex. It's money laundering. I mean, it's the biggest front. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I guess technically you are, they could say you're getting massaged. It's just a vagina doing the massage to the penis. Or a mouth or a hand. That too. Or feet if you're into that. Not me. Uh, me neither. <laughs> I'm certain as long as you're the paying customer, you kind of can ask for what you want as long as it's not like uh Well, no, you can't because Deshaun was a paying customer and he asked for too much. Allegedly. Lower. This <laughs> <laughs> nigga, hey. Why was he thinking about it? the way that they're making it sound? Now he was never like front side up with his ass up. This guy was laying frontwards and getting, uh, you know, massaged in his upper thigh. Well, I guess in that case it wouldn't be lower; it'd be higher. But even if he was getting like rubbed on, like he's like, he's like, he's like yeah, my ribs are hurting. And then he's like, yeah, the ab area. And he's like, all right, lower. <laughs> like, I'm not even making fun of the like because somebody could have a legitimate claim. None of us know. Now, we know how it panned out. Obviously, everybody got paid, which is what everybody really wanted. That's why they settled. That's why nobody took it further past the payments. Because that's ultimately it was, I think that I deserve to get money because he has money. Because if it was a Joe Blow, for one, they wouldn't have been there doing it. Let's start there. But then two. Are you victim standing uh, right now? This, no, I'm not. I'm just telling the truth because. If I was done wrong, I'd want to see him prosecuted. And even if my attorney says, well, what do you really want out of this? And I'd be like, nah, he fucking, at this point, he, what would you even call it? Because your technique, you didn't, he didn't molest you. Like he didn't, uh, he didn't sexually assault you. He intimidated me and made me do something that I did not want to do. But what do you, what's the jail time for that? When you're as rich as he is, probably probation and pay a little fine. Well, even somebody that's not rich, which, like I said, they would have never been in there. They would have never been there if he wasn't rich. But like, that's so 
my point is that they got what they actually really wanted was they want some more money so that they can afford to do the things that they want to do in life that they couldn't do beforehand. And this would be the biggest check that they've ever seen in their life and possibly ever that they will. Unless they invest their money correctly, they can see a bigger check. But like, um, yeah, so, that's ultimately what it came down to. And, and, you know, mansplaining here, right? It's what we're doing. We're mansplaining. Uh, if I was victimized by somebody sexually, mm-hmm. this is me personally. And I know we all deal with pain and grief different. I would not show up to the game to watch this person be in a booth because it's not like you're going out on the 50 yard line before the game and say, remember what this guy done, you know, and it may actually get in his head before the game. And, and you're, you want him to have a bad game. You want to perform poorly, even though he has 230 M's in the account. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't under, I don't understand what, what, like, what's the point. And it, it, to me, and this is my perspective and how I understand it, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it seems like they are making it worse on other victims who are dealing with grief and who are victims of much more egregious things. Again, not to say what, how things affect people, but women who are, you know, not something that's very subjective with what happened there. If you were not in that room, uh, there's no evidence of what actually happened is his word versus many women's words, right? Correct. But yo, dog, if I got sexually assaulted, again, me, I know I'm, I keep qualifying this. I don't want to look at my accuser like that. I'm damn sure not going to voluntarily put myself in a place where my, where, where, uh, this guy who violated me is at and then share it with the public so that everyone knows and then I have to continue to deal with that uh, that entire day. Because everybody's going to know, oh, those chicks in Tony Busby's box, those are the handjob girls. <laughs> They're the handjob girls. Um, and I think what it is is I think that the, because, because, yeah, because they are all represented by her correctly, right? Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of, yeah, Tony Busby, he got them all. And uh, not her. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they were all represented by the same person. And what it is, is he absolutely could have had contact with every single last one of them, and he requested a similar thing. And I think that what it is, is they were like, well, if one person's going to get paid, we might as well all get paid. And that's why they all have each other's numbers to be together at the game, or half of them at least, that were like, I'm not done with this. Let's like shame him more. Let's try and make a statement to the NFL and tell them when the reality is that there's already shame on Deshaun's part because there's going to be jokes made against wherever he goes, just like with James Winston and Crab Legs. Like people are going to just make jokes about it now the rest of his career, and he has to deal with it because it's an incident, just like when people talk about Ray Lewis. They'll talk about murder, right? Like, you know, like there's like little stuff with a lot of NFL players. It sticks with them, but like it doesn't really in reality. Like, like OJ Simpson, as popular as he is, murder will always. Murder. Even if not the murder, I mean, obviously he got convicted of stealing what was his, but like, uh, which I guess is it really theft if it's yours? I guess if it got sold and you weren't the one that sold it, you could say like it. 
wasn't. But then again, <laughs> I think Drewski, right, on IG, you know, fat black nigga from Atlanta. Uh, shout out to him. He's from the east side, too. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's from the east. He's a, he's a DeKalb Gwinnett product. He's from like that, you know, that Stone Mountain, Lilburn, uh, Lawrenceville area. But point being, he made a joke I remember during the pandemic when OJ first got back on IG and how he's like, he's like, he's like, hello world, OJ Simpson here. But then like this, he would have like a knife out and then he'd be like, <laughs> he's just doing some shit. And it's hilarious because it is just like OJ Simpson will never be looked at as the same. And he had a great, I mean, he's an, he was on the NFL. They put him on the NFL 100 team. They had to. Well, right. The numbers were undeniable. I think he had two 2,000-yard rushing seasons, correct? Uh, I can check it while you're talking. He's a Heisman winner as well. I mean, and, and I, I I don't know if you were a fan of the Naked Gun movies, but obviously OJ was in the Naked Gun. Those movies are – Leslie Nielsen's like one of the funniest white men ever. Uh, man, he recipe. He was in Scary Movie 3. He's great in that too. But point being – he was a he was a character. I mean, he was in Hollywood. He did the Hertz commercials. I mean, OJ was America's favorite black man at one point. He had four four Russian titles, man. And he played for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I guess later the 49ers, but played for uh, the he Buffalo only had Bills. he only had one two thousand yard season. But remember, he's a 14, 14 game guy. Uh, yeah, he had an 1,800 season, a 1,500 season, 2,000, 1,200, 1,100 in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the best to do it at, well, some would say Jim Brown, but he was one of the best ever to have done it when he left the game. Mm-hmm. 11,000 yards. Big stepper. Juice. Man, a whole lot of steppers, and they step in. But I mean, yeah, like once once you do something, it's it's always going to be tied to you. And I'm not telling these women how to grieve by no means. I I, I just say that as someone who's on the outside looking in, and I know we can't uh, be skeptical of victims anymore in this country, but mm-hmm. it raises skepticism, especially when you got to pay out. Now you're in a box. That we know you can't afford because your your famous lawyer is paying for it. And it's like, what, what are you doing? You parading these women around? Like, you can't get any more money out of him. We're not going to retry these cases. What's supposed to be shame, Lee, is shame. Well, why do we care so much about shame? I, because we, we, want, we want people to not accept what has been acceptable, I guess, for years. And it'd be one of those, yeah, we took the money, but that doesn't change anything. Like, you deserve to continue to be punished. And I go, well, well, where does it stop? Does his punishment stop when you feel whole again? That's kind of how I view it. That's what it seems like. So, and let's take it off of them. Let's just say in general, right? Because this is this is what happens now. Somebody can go do their time. In prison, but we still want to hold everything against them. It's like, well, what are we punishing for? If we're still going to treat them as if they didn't get punished for this, right? Uh, at what point do you heal yourself and move on with your life? You don't. You don't. They don't. They don't. 
it's 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 one of those things where I'm damaged for life, or at least that's what I want you to see. Even though I got, I don't even know how much they got. They all got about 500k plus or something. I'm pretty sure it wasn't disclosed. If it was 20 something women, I mean 500k is 10 plus million, right? So like, uh, and then the I mean Tony had to get paid, so you know Tony took Tony probably took about half. Yeah. So um, because he's the one that secured the deal, you know he's the he's the broker. Well, yeah, Tony came in and said, "Hey, look here." You find I'm fine. These girls and we're all gonna walk away with more money than we started with. Tony's a bastard. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm not mad at that brother. He's an attorney, man. I, shout outs to him. That's what they, that's what attorneys do. And so, um, yeah, just just another situation where they're bringing more attention to it because they don't want it to die and not to. Because I am not a womanizer or a non-feminist, um, but at the same time, we've got to start calling a spade for a spade. And I think that that's something that's been lost in our society of calling people out for what it is. And these women want more attention. Are they going to spend more of the check that Deshaun gave them to get the best seats in the house and hold up pink signs with all 10 rows together? you know, with the message to the NFL and to Deshaun Watson and to the Cleveland Browns? Like, I mean, is that what they're going to do every week for the rest of his career? No. But I get it. It's a statement that has to be made on their behalf, and they'll go away quietly and enjoy the money until it runs out, and then once it runs out, everything's back to reality. Am I wrong? I mean, Deshaun has $230 million. Guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, of course, he doesn't give two fucks about what happens, right? Hey, so I've been listening to some of the national guys, and, you know, they talk about, oh, yeah, and Deshaun Watson comes back. Bruh, why are you still mad that he's playing? It's not your money. It's not your team. Even if it is your team, like, he got punished. And he never – it was never anything – criminal either no there wasn't enough evidence because it happened behind closed doors there was it wasn't forcible it, it wasn't like he, and none he of the women said anything the day of or the day after it happened based on what yeah. i know right there's no rape kits it's like hey he used massages massages as a means to get sex and like, i don't want to relitigate this because we talked about it all summer but I think people should read the room better and understand the optics that they're giving off. And everybody's not some raging lib who thinks that, who thinks that like solidarity and making a stand and being in your feelings all the time affects everyone. Like it, like it does them like, Oh, like Kim Kardashian, when she put out her Balenciaga statement about that, sick shit that Balenciaga did, which I don't care what Balenciaga does because I can't afford Balenciaga. And if I could afford it, I probably still wouldn't wear it because I'm not into high fashion. Like it, it doesn't right. really do it for me. Uh, but she was like, as a mother, I was, 
I was like bothered. How how does this statement by a clothing company actually bother you or affect you? You know what I mean? She didn't. Let's keep it up. One hundred. She didn't give a fuck. What it no, is? She's milking them for more money. Do this. I don't support it. But outside of that, that doesn't have anything to do with me and them. Or me, well, basically, it didn't have anything to do with me to begin with. Because because even though they give me money and I do wear their stuff, Nike has sweatshops and everybody wears that. And then she's like, checkmate. And look, just looks at the rest of the world. Because it's just like, so y'all support that shit? Making pennies to make shoes for y'all niggas and fucking Nike tech suits for you New Yorkers? Like, you know what I mean? Like, or at least that's what's rumored. <laughs> Let me see. Let me let me, uh, let me see if I can find that statement. Cause I actually want to read it because I, I, I this wasn't on the docket, but the New York Post. Kim Kardashian breaks silence on Balenciaga scandal. Ooh, okay. This dumb shit, man. I have been quiet for the past few days, not because I haven't been disgusted and outraged by the recent Balenciaga campaigns, but because I wanted an opportunity to speak to their team to understand for myself how this could have happened. Okay, so you got to you got to call them real quick and say, "You're what's going on over there?" Hey, what are y'all talking about, man? Y'all messing up my business now. You know I like y'all. And here she goes. As a mother of four, I have been shaking by the disturbing images. The safety of children must be held with the highest regard, and any attempts to normalize child abuse of any kind should have no place in our society. Dash. Period. Period. I appreciate Balenciaga's removal of the campaigns and apology. In speaking with them, I believe they understand the seriousness of the issue and will take the necessary measures for this to never happen again. As for my future with Balenciaga, I am currently reevaluating my relationship with the brand, basing it off their willingness to accept accountability for something that should have never happened to begin with and the actions I'm expecting to see them take to protect children. So I'm just going to milk them for some more money. Right. Essentially, if, if, if I'm going to fuck with it any further, then this is what's going to happen, guys. Y'all are going to put out a statement that my publicist is going to write and you're going to give me more money. But, right. people, but like these are the people that so many, especially like in the black community. Uh, and I, Well, I'm going to speak to the black community for the black community because that's the community I'm, I'm involved in. Look up to these people. Like, we look up to these celebrities like, oh, dog, did you hear what Kim K said? Back to what Dave Chappelle says. Who gives a fuck about what Ja Rule got to say about 9-11? It's facts. It's facts. I mean, I think uh, somebody put in our group um, something about the Tory Lanez and uh, Megan Thee Stallion thing getting underway. Oh, yeah, I definitely said that. I said, I, oh, well, I said fuck them both. And I said, I said, neither gets bumped in my car to begin with, so I don't care. And, like, it's more so I get it like it's news because they're like, but even for me, Megan the Stallion and Tory Lanez, right? They're not even like to me, neither of them are A-list celebrities. I guess Megan is trending it, but like she's not really an A-list celebrity she's either. A, she's, like, a, she's not mentioning the names of your Jay-Z's, 
you're and that's just a rap. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, right, is an A-lister. Like she's not in the same breath as people like that. She is she's really like, an A-lister. She's fake A-list, right? She's like built up by she's the new girl on the block A-list, bro. Like she's like built up by like everybody around her. Like she's the first black woman in Forbes 30 under 30. But she <laughs> she made thir- she made 13 mil and I go more money than I have. I'll start there. Yeah, same. But but you go that's not like there, there's there's somebody in tech world right now making way more money than her. There's some fucking black girl or woman out here making more money than that that nobody knows their name. Yeah, she's some but she's some she gets Street. on the mic and she sells hottie sauce for Popeyes. Where are my hot girls at? Real hot girl shit. Well, the hot the hottie sauce though. Let's not forget about the try the new hottie sauce at Popeyes. You want, me to try you want me to and she she said in, in in her interview though she does not get behind uh brands that she doesn't believe in so she believes in fried chicken i mean she's black right i haven't had popeyes in so long but nonetheless mainly because the line is even when i think about it it's just i don't and I'm not going to park and get my ass up and go in. So it's just kind of like, well, oh, well. But uh, I think the last time I had Popeye's is when the chicken sandwich wars were going. I had Popeye's probably about three, four months ago. The Popeye's here is trash. I'm surprised. I would think down south that they'd really be frying that shit. Yeah. They, no, I'm, I was disappointed. I'm like, yo. Was it Popeye's? like rubbery chicken when you bite into your. <laughs> no, nah, it just, it just something wasn't right. It's like. Uh, maybe you know at every other Popeyes, I feel like they don't follow the seasoning uh book that's given to them. You say it's like some nigga in there that's the chef is freestyling. No, he's not freestyling. Like in most Popeyes, they freestyling. He's okay, not freestyling. Right. He's following by the book. Yeah, it's like, hey man, this ain't KFC. I don't want no bland ass chicken. You don't like the I haven't had I haven't had KFC even longer, but like I, when I was a kid, I always thought that, and I don't want to sound like a white woman, but I always thought the Popeyes chicken was a little too spicy for me. But I used to love getting uh, when my dad would get KFC, and I'm talking like when I was like ten, and when he would get t- KFC, I'm the type of person that would. Only I only eat drumsticks. Like I've never been a thigh or breast guy, and everybody always would be like, "Well, it's just that's the same shit for chicken tenders, right?" Because I like tenders. I didn't like bone chicken, but like, uh, but it's easier to pull off of a you know a leg, a drumstick, and I would uh, take the meat off of that, put a little bit of mat, kind of like what they would do with their bowl, put a little bit of mashed potatoes. If he got corn or something, maybe throw some corn and then put it in between the biscuit and eat it as a sandwich. Hey, Eric Cartman, I liked it. I, shit, that is out. Bro. And honestly, today, I've never even gotten my daughter fucking. I've never gotten her fried chicken. And actually, first of all, I would go to Publix. I like, I love Publix's fried chicken. Publix is. Publix, and, and, and before they stopped doing, like, I don't know if they do it everywhere, but at the one that was in the neighborhood of my parents' house, they now, like, if you, they used to make great Phillies. 
But now, or I mean, I guess if you want a deli sandwich, but like now they don't have the stovetop. So they like put everything like in an oven. So I'm not doing kind of like if you got a Philly at Subway or something, they're not fucking chopping it up. That's weird to me. Like that's not a Philly. No, that's a, that's a uh, sandwich I don't want. <laughs> yeah, it's an oven roasted sandwich. You're taking the roast beef and maybe they are still chopping it. But they're putting it on there, and then they're putting it in the oven, and then they're giving it to me with cheese on it. It's just like, this shit is dry as hell. It should be some grease from the onions and air. Like, it's not a Philly. That's a that's a that's a low carb snack. <laughs> like, you know, it's a low so, carb. So, so it's a it's a Janae Aiko, a low carb snack. Yeah, I. Shouts to Big Sean. Telling you. Yeah, that 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 name. I, that's a name we don't speak in my house. I I understand why. That's a, you know, there's an interview that she did. You remember like the the reporter like asked her a question and like she's like looking in the camera and then he like stutters and like it's kind of breathless a little bit. Have you ever seen that? It's like kind of. It's not a meme. I guess it kind of. No, is. I have it, but I, I I would be him if I ever interviewed her. It was some white guy, some dorky white dude, probably with glasses. That was like, ask. I don't even know what he was asking. It was on like a red carpet, and then like she just is looking in the camera, just like God, she's so beautiful, but and she's nasty. Like her, like a nasty for you. Like I don't ever show this in public, but behind closed girl, uh, behind closed doors. But like in her lyrics, like it, she's so toxic. You know, she's psycho. She's gonna go through your phone, but she's gonna come back. Like her uh, "My Type" remix first. I like the BBC and some BBC type of nigga make a bitch DTD that's dropped in draws. I'm gonna lock them jaws. You ain't never had a bitch from Sloth. I was like, first time I heard that, I got a little excited. I said, "Oh, ho, ho. locked jaw, huh?" <laughs> Uh, let me stop. My wife might watch this. Let's move on. <laughs> Moving along. Um, I could have gave you another sick, another sick transition. Sick off the camera. No, no, no. It was just a transition. Oh. I was going to go to WNBA. <laughs> We're talking about women. See, well, perfect transition then. Let's keep so, it on the top of our... Uh, Fellow uh, co-eds. Yeah, so Kelsey Plum was on some podcast that um, shouldn't be as popular as it is. Yes, I'm a hater. Um, I I listened to about half of it. And here's what kind of took me, like, like what made it so interesting for me is these guys are doing, are interviewing Kelsey Plum. And I know more about the WNBA than they do. Like, she was talking about like dog, like the environment ain't what a lot of people think it is. Like if you come to an Aces game, like you you'll, you'll enjoy the environment, especially if you sit courtside, because there's a lot of shit talk going on. Like these guys, are like what really? And like who's the who's the nastiest shit talker? And I'm sitting in my head, Diana Taurasi. Everybody knows that. Like they, she's a dog. They go Diana Taurasi, and she goes. They go like what? Like tell us what she said. And apparently, like, if the, if you miss two layups, or it's like two back-to-back free throws, 
people get like pizza or some shit, right? And this one girl like shot Mr. Free Throw on her team, and then like the fans start like cheering, right? And she looked course out and said, Man, fuck your pizza. <laughs> They're like, She said that? I'm like, bro. Have y'all like not played a sport before? Like, have you never been around like women athletes? Like it's it's not any different, I think, from a certainly from a fan experience, if you're a fan. It's not any different, I don't believe. I just and I've been to I'm sure you've been to WMEA. I've been to WMEA. We went to it's a funny story because me, Josh, you or Julian. I mean, I, I don't need the anti-Semitic stuff coming on me. <laughs> Josh, myself, and three other ladies went to a which in for those that don't watch the WNBA, uh game five is the game seven. But we went to the game five of the WNBA final. Lil Wayne was at the game. And he was there with Skylar Diggins, funny enough. But uh, uh, we went to a game – when we were at Morehouse, we went to a game five of the WNBA because the dream were in it. Yeah. We got three tickets. Um, they were pretty good seats. We were, like, on the sixth or seventh row in, like, the middle of the floor. And – game For game uh, five, for the finals for free. Yeah, it didn't. I didn't feel any different in terms of atmosphere for the fan experience in a sense of they're still chanting defense. They're still the same food at the Hawks game is being served. Like nothing was any different from that perspective. And um, if you're a fan, like if you're into it, you know the players, or you just like a good product or whatever. They're not. There's no. There's no difference from the game. So I don't. I don't see why the people on the podcast would be so shocked that. Like you said, there's shit talking because that happens in all sports, maybe not gymnastics, but like pretty much in all sports, you're going to see that. I mean, even in track, I've seen Usain Bolt or, you know, anyone else, they might point, they might point like if they're the way ahead and are like slow down on purpose type shit. Like, and that's a form of disrespect slash like shit talk, like especially in track, right? If somebody slows up because they already won the race. It's like, damn, he didn't even. What you say, Bolt won, and he was like, yeah. So, so, but the, the the piece that went viral was, she said, "Hey, I'm not asking for equal pay. Like, I shouldn't get paid what LeBron gets paid, but we should get the same splits that the NBA players get in their CBA." And. Then she went on to say, like, I don't even get paid for my jersey for like my jersey sales. That's an issue, though. And I go, Oh, it's college basketball all over again, huh? <laughs> but no, but on a serious note, I, I, I was like, okay. Because you you have a lot of people saying, Oh, wow, that's messed up. They should get the same splits. Well, you get what you negotiate, for one. Two. How much revenue is the league making? Actually, zero is not good. Let's do a model time. They're not making money. So how do you revenue share? And then if I'm the owner, if I go, hey, right now this is a failing business model and we're keeping it because it, it, it would look bad for us not to have a professional women's league. Your jersey sales are probably what the number three, three or four uh, in revenue 
we're probably thinking the meteorites deal is probably the, the number one. Maybe, maybe ticket sales. Well, and a lot of it is a part of the NBA negotiation since it's just a subsidiary of the NBA anyway. So the TV deal, for instance, right, they have to do it because, well, it's either that or you guys don't get the NBA. And so they kind of make it to where uh, like Derrick Rose's shoe deal when he got like his brother or his cousin or somebody on to where as long as I'm signed to Adidas, he's you guys are going to pay him 250000 plus to be – even if you pay him just to not be there, you're going to pay him. He's going to make a salary with you all. So it's this, I would have to imagine it kind of works this maybe works the same way. I mean, I'm not in that circle, but like I have to imagine it's almost a similar thing for the NBA when they negotiate anything. Right. And this, this is not anti-women, right? Because if they can go in there and they, and they negotiate it, get it. I think they should get paid for their name, image, and likeness, just like college students should. Like if, if there's a jersey with your name on it, you should get the sales of that because that's you. Like when I get my Kelsey Plum jersey, right? She should get paid for that jersey because it's her. And I'm buying it because I'm a Las Vegas Aces and Kelsey Plum fan. And I've been a Kelsey Plum fan since she was at Washington. Like I've I actually enjoy watching her game. She can um, ball. Huh? She can ball. I mean, it helps too that she she's attractive as well, but like I hate to always bring that up. I mean, I look, I like women. So same way a woman could be like, I'm a fan of Dwayne Wade because he fine. I heard that so I've heard that so many times. Oh, look at Kobe. He fine. He's my favorite yeah. basketball player. I don't like yeah. LeBron. That nigga ugly. I'm sure there are women that are Jason Tatum fans. Like, you know, I mean? like there's like certain stuff they look at a guy and they're like, man, he's that's an attractive basketball player. Or even Grant if football Williams has no fans. I tell you what, uh, and I hate this fuck. Orlando Scandrick wasn't really a baller, but I'm sure that uh, – and they wear helmets, so you don't really see their face. But clearly, Drea was like, he's attractive. Yeah. He put a kid yeah. in her. Oh, he had, well, he had no choice, brother. Once he got there, he was like, I can't. I can't not do this. And then he did it a few more times after he did it. Do you blame you know, him? You know he did. You know he did. And and he enjoyed every single bit of what he got out of that. Empty the sack! Yeah. Shout out to Orlando Scandy. And then this is where we drop like the... Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, shout out to that, brother, man. Yeah, no, like... I was, he, did yeah. good. he did good. If you don't have a baby mama that you're not going to be with, that's about as good as it's gonna get. Kudos, yeah. I mean, that the her smell stays on you for years. So, like when you step outside, like they go, "Oh, oh that's he's still, as, as far as I'm concerned, she's single still." But um, he probably still, whenever they see, I mean, he probably is still knocking those boots. He gets to get it at least once a year. I know he does. After the birthday party. Yeah, I will because, 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 yeah, he's he could get you know, five star hotel, whatever. I'm sure, unless he's fucked his money up, but well, he's, even if he's fucked his money, he's up, he can, he get five star hotel. He's got boys that live in these cities and other women as well, but like, I'm sure at least, I'm sure, even though, think about it, that's another thing that we'll have to do for a show once the difference between the NBA and the NFL, 
NBA. and how the NBA guys live. Those they have a they get paid better, but then B, like, bro, the NFL niggas seem more family oriented. Oddly enough, they seem more family oriented. Like the NBA easily all these guys because it's the boys. Like, well, like think about NFL, I feel like everybody like, and we'll get to Russ, I guess, here soon. But like, I feel like the team, not all the team, is all in on one thing. No, they're you not. Know, think about the NBA though, like. Or NFL, you are home all week. Then you leave. Then you, you leave for Friday the weekend. early Saturday more than likely Saturday morning Friday night. Yeah, yeah. You 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 do weekend business for seventeen weeks because some some teams they even put you they put you in a hotel for home games, right? Um, Browns did it uh, when I went to Cleveland three or four years ago. They stayed they stayed at the same hotel as us. Then, but whereas the NBA, it's like, hey, I'm gonna be home for a week. Uh, we got a two week road, uh, road, uh, whatever. And these guys are going out because the coaches are too. And they play at seven thirty at night. Like yeah, that's what people don't be understanding. Like, hey, especially if I'm consuming in, in like moderation, and from what I'm hearing, it's a lot more smokers uh, in that league. Uh, than drink than heavy drinkers. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I want to go out, have me a couple drinks, smoke, and and then see whoever I'm going to see. Go back to their place, or they come to the room, and then I'm gonna wake up in the morning, go to shoot around, hit you know, sweat it out, hit the sauna, and then I'm gonna sit around and play 2K or Call of Duty until I got to come back for 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 the game. And then the brothers got their back. Somebody is the goody. I mean, I'm not saying Kobe was waking up, guys. And I'm sure Kobe, of course, earlier in his career, probably was having just as much fun as everybody else. Well, we know he was to a degree. But, like, uh, but I've seen uh, the Olympic story, and the Olympics are different. But, like, uh, the way that that sounds, Kobe also sounds because Kobe was clearly about his business, right? But, like, there was somebody, I'm sure, that looked out for the team. Yeah, and I said Kobe looked out for like Nick Young when Nick was out there getting fucked up, like especially because he's like he's a grown man. That would be the first thing I would say. I'm like, I mean, he's a grown man. He get himself up. The fuck, he gets paid millions of dollars. He needs to wake up. The fuck, <laughs> like you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, seriously, because I mean, that's how I would look at it in my situation. But at the same time, there would still be where's such and such, and then you know their room. And like, bro, get the fuck up. Like, come on, dog. Yeah. No, you're not shouting. You're not brushing your teeth. Get your shit up, bro. We need to be on this bus in five minutes. And I'm not going to be late for you. Get up. Yeah, so like, you know, that's a, that's a podcast for a later date. But yeah. getting kind of getting back to the WNBA conversation and mansplaining, right? Mm-hmm. We never talk, like, not we, because we do. Uh, the, the popular conversation around the WNBA is never around the finances that the league brings in. And if you're not going to start with the revenue that the league has or lack thereof, then I don't want to hear you talk about wages because if as an owner, I'm saying, Hey, I got to get bailed out or I'm going to own both teams, right? I'm going to take on a, a project that may not be profitable. 
I, I, I don't really want to hear you say, "Hey, we want to share. We we should get we should get more more better splits." I should go. Well, you should make more money. You want to know, that, and this is a crazy thing, and I'm not saying it's something I thought about. It's something that really more so just popped in my head. Okay. I, Kobe died, and he was a big part of the WNBA, certainly because he was just a big proponent of women's women's basketball. And I don't think that he was just a big proponent just because his daughter liked playing either. That helped, of course, because, of course, he's going to be more focused in it. But, like, I think that he just is such a basketball person to where – he enjoyed women's – because women's basketball is – especially in college. I mean, I'm sure it's the same in the WMA. Like I said, I don't really watch the WMA. But he, you know, was into that. Can you imagine if in a case like that, you're like – like you said, we're taking over a project where it's not making money. If the NBA was like, Kobe, would you mind being the commissioner? Basically, can you be the CEO of, of professional women's basketball? I don't think he does. And that's he takes it over. Now, I'm not saying – business acumen like maybe he I don't know but he could have surrounded himself certainly with the people or the league itself would have surrounded him with the people but he's the face don't you think that something like that is what the WNBA would need to be successful not necessarily getting necessarily Kobe Kobe's just the first person that comes to mind because he was a supporter that big of a supporter somebody like Chris Paul like you somebody that yes somebody that is a basketball mind to head spearhead the thing and you don't want them to overshadow the league and that be why you look at it. But if you get somebody that basketball fans around the world are familiar with and they're able to look at it and say, well, this is how – these are some of the things I would tweak and change to make this league more viable, uh, more profitable, something that uh, will appeal to not just necessarily little girls that love basketball, but – to grown men that love seeing us play. This is something that might change how they feel about the game. So here's here and here's another and Kelsey Plum, she kind of got into that, right? Because she she kind of got like in the business of the WNBA. And she's like, hey man, I don't want you to come to my game because you're supporting women's basketball. I want you to come because it's a good product. You like the product that you're seeing. I don't I don't want your sympathy. I want you to like truly become a fan. And you remember back in the 90s? when all the sports leagues, because we think of the NFL as like the God of sports now, but it wasn't that in the nineties. It, it, it's become that. And, and you remember how it was so much had, more probably team oriented than anything. Yes. But do you, you remember like, like the Cowboys, obviously, right? Like, Hey, they were winning, but like if you, it was certain team products in right. the league that everybody supported. So you remember how they would do those different like challenges, right? Like at the, like at the challenge. yeah, you had a quarterback challenge. You had the man in the league, yeah, the you got ball that, racing somebody. You got that infamous dunk contest with like Ken Griffey, Dion, Michael Irvin, Chris Carter, right? There were things that made these these players more than just who they were like on the field, especially because they wear helmets. So right. like you don't see unless they're in a commercial. You don't see them. So I think there needs to be more like behind the scenes of the WNBA, right? Cause she talks like she started like describing like the locker room. And she's like, yo, it's it's a it's an interesting dynamic because it's a bunch of it's a bunch of lesbian women in the locker room, you know? And like I'm straight. And like she's like, my friends would be like telling jokes about like don't drop the soap. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like hearing that, you go, 
oh, so y'all be having like I I know that like they talk shit and have fun because I've been around girls. I've been around girls who play sports and a lot of times, a lot of times, girls who play sports and guys who play sports like get along really well. Because we no, not we had to, but I'm just saying, like you know, playing basketball. You on the bus with before the boys, and we supported each other. Some of afterwards for our game, like. It was just, I mean, look, we're all in it together. And and she even talked, and like, back to the shit-talking thing, it was like, well, maybe you, you do mic'd up, right? Like, maybe you have WNBA mic'd up, WNBA unplugged. Like, you really, you got to put it out to people where people want to see it. But the problem is, especially with the TV product, is that they're not gonna put it on ESPN on a, during a seven o'clock window when they can put Yankees Red Sox on? Sorry, dog. Like this, this gets more numbers. So we're gonna put you on ESPN two. Well, nobody watches ESPN two, so it's almost like the 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 TV networks should instead of putting the game, the baseball game that people will watch on the lead network, put it on ESPN two, dog. Like the Red Sox mm-hmm. and Yankees fans are gonna watch. You gotta like force feed the WNBA to us, but you also gotta like sell sell the, the, the players because and the, the league I think does try to do that because think of NBA All-Star Weekend they do that challenge where there's a legend current player and then a WNBA player of the same city they so they they I mean I, I'm just looking because it's All-Star Weekend and that's a good time to bring this stuff together but we're but you don't really get to see the personalities right like you got Candace Parker on TNT now well guess what Candace Parker is a terrible analyst so like, who's the chick that does uh, NBA Countdown for ESPN with the buttocks? The the yeah, she got that. Uh, she used to Niger- play at Stanford, and she has a twin, I think. Yeah, she's like yeah. African. yeah, they got the Nigerian last names. I don't know, and I'm not going to try to say their names. But you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, she's an example, at least in the media standpoint. But she doesn't play anymore. I don't believe. Like Candace is playing, and maybe she does play. I don't know because their seasons different. But like. Candace isn't good at TV, though. That's the problem. She's so, but she kind of like how Lisa Leslie used to be is so recognizable, though, because for one, she played at Tennessee and she was a part of one of those. Now, granted, it wasn't UConn, right? Like UConn's overtaken Tennessee. But at the time, even when she when she won her national championship at Tennessee, Tennessee still had more titles than UConn at that time. That was, you know, 15, 16 years ago. But I remember Candace Parker because she used to be, I mean, I hate to say it, but this is kind of just how men look at it. She was the most attractive, like, and she was a star. Like, she can play. And she's 6'5", which is, like, odd because most people aren't expecting to see this, like, attractive 6'5 woman. Like, she's 6'5". Like, fuck. Like, she ain't 6'1". She's 6'5". So, like, she's really tall. And... We need more Kelsey. Look, we need we need more Kelsey Plum. I mean, Scott Skylar Diggins. Drake did the SBs one year and wore her jersey. And Wayne Skylar Diggins is Skylar Diggins is attractive. But we but don't know I, her voice. We don't we don't know her voice. But see, uh, exactly. But see, like a part of it is too, and it's not a oh, that's just the way it is. Boys will be boys type mentality, but like a lot of sport sports in general are more supported by men than women anyways. Yep. And so naturally, even when men know about women's sports, 
it's typically either there's something that really stands out about the woman. And I'm not saying physically or just like her appearance, but it always certainly helps out. Like we know that Serena Williams is not just the greatest women's tennis player of all time, but she's one of the greatest athletes of all time and what she's accomplished. You know, I know that she doesn't have the most grand slams yet. She's like one away from time, but like in the modern era, we, cause the, the lady that has more than her is like 80. And so like in the modern era, she's the greatest female or let me not say female, the greatest woman, cis woman athlete of all time. But she also has a buttocks on her that is Un, like that we can't not recognize and Drake was hitting it at, like like there's so much that goes into it like like I mean Serena looks alright but like she also has a crazy fucking body and so like it's kind of one of those things where most men sexual will, will sexualize a woman just the way the same way a woman would an actor uh, another athlete like it's it's just comes to it the first thing that people think about is man how attractive are they there that's why we go to the strip club. That's why we go to the strip club. Who's the, most, who's the most famous, notable, ugly nigga? Like that people will be like, oh, he's ugly. But he's famous as shit. That one black dude with the bald head. Michael Jordan? No, I'm kidding. No, nah, he like an actor. He's an ugly, bald dude. I don't know why he's famous. That most people, because even if you're not like, oh, he's super attractive, like most people with money are attractive anyways because the right, yeah, they, they pay to be pretty. Right. Even somebody like Glorilla. I think that when you look at the, the FNF video, if you look at Glorilla, you're like, man, I if I'm out in public, I'm not hollering at her. But now she's made a little bit of money. She looks a hell of a lot. I'm not even like attracted to her still, but she looks a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Like she looks a hell of a, so like the money gonna do that. But like at the same time, I just think that when it comes to women's sports, the first thing that everybody looks at is, like, I'm sorry, but that's, and like I said, it's not a boys will be boys or that's just the way it is type of mentality, but like that is kind of what is the driving hey, force behind here, here, Here's what we got to do. We got to start telling the truth about our reality and stop trying to sugarcoat it and paint it in a place that makes other people happy, right? Like, boys will be boys. Is that right? I don't know, but that's the reality that we live in. I'm not saying they should be out there in like thongs and lingerie. No, but there's a reason why they're used. They're like there's a lingerie bowl, or used to be a lingerie bowl, like the night of the Super Bowl, right? Men like to see stuff like that. So I'm not saying that you make the product about how beautiful these women are, but you should definitely market certain ones more, like. Sylvia Fowles ain't getting most men who are not basketball purists to a TV. And when you think about fandom, right, and family men, all right, you you, you got football season. Mm -hmm. That's Saturday, Sunday. So how many days of TV are you giving your wife together? Mm -hmm. Watching shit you don't give a damn about. And okay. Then you got basketball season, which is damn near every day. Mm-hmm. How many games are you watching? What games are you watching? It, then that turns into baseball slash WNBA season. Mm-hmm. I don't watch baseball, so easy. But if I'm you watching, come on, man, you watch the Braves a little. You don't watch. 
I'm not saying you sit up and watch all nine innings, but come on, you will tune into a break. Certainly yeah, during the playoffs. If it's on, yes. When they played the Mets here at the end of the season. Yeah, playoff baseball is different. But like when baseball, yeah, I, I watch baseball, but I don't. Yeah. I'm not watching baseball like on Wednesday. For all 162. Right. Not like you are for all 17 Falcon games. Yeah, yeah, I'm watching every game. It, non-negotiable. And I'm watching every Sunday night football game, every Thursday night football game, every Monday night football game, unless they're yep. bad. But w- the night starts with that game being watched. Yep. Um, and then it's like, you you got to take time off of sports most times to keep your relationship healthy. So you got to pick the times of the year where you're not really going to watch it. All right, so that... So if you're gonna do that, you got to find a way to make it more appealing to men. If that's if that's if that, if that's your target, right? right? Because women don't like sports like that. And if you want to get women to like sports like that, you're gonna have to totally change the identity around women's sports for like you got to revamp the for the kids because girls our age, you've lost them. They're thirty. They're going to preach women's rights and how important it is to, to, to pay these women, but they're not going to watch the game. They're not going to buy the jerseys. They're not going to buy the tickets. They're not going to buy season tickets to help to help actually build revenue, right? Men are going to have to support the WNBA in order for it to be successful. I don't think that women, because it's going to be hard. Said, somebody our age, it's going to be a lot harder to make them into a fan now. You just got to start young. Like, like, I think we both talked about this, especially because you've got a daughter now. And granted, my daughter will be about three years older than you. Hell, two years older than mine. That idea is such a good idea and that it will help so much just in a sense of and if, 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 if a gravitational pull can go to it. Like, I will, of course, take my daughter to NBA games like Hawks as long as we're living in Atlanta. Right. She will go to Hawks games. But I will if she's interested in basketball. See, now daddy interested in the NBA. So daddy's going to go to the NBA game, right? If, if in 10 years, uh, who's a young nigga in the league? Uh, yeah. I tell you what, fuck it. I mean, I know an NBA player. Colin is playing, and he's in year 15, and they're playing the Hawks, or he plays for the Hawks. We're going to go and see Uncle Colin play. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to go to a game. She'll get to see it. But if she's interested – in the game, because she's like, well, Dad, what did you play? And I'm like, well, I play basketball. And she's like, I want to be just like you, Daddy. Like, I want to learn. And if she wants to play ball, I'm going to take her to I'm going to take her to WME games, assuming that the league hasn't folded by then. Like, <laughs> I'm going to take her to games. I'm going to take her to college games. Like, because I want her to see herself out there, yeah. too. You know? And so oh. I think it starts there. It starts with – focus on a generation because like like you just said i'm saying people are age, you're not going to just turn a chick into a wmba fan today you're just not going to you got to turn they up with their dad in phoenix and their son's fans they're not necessarily mercury fans and even with the britney grinder thing right you would think maybe this will possibly even though she did break the law and i hope that everybody stops trying to act like that didn't happen she broke the fucking law doesn't mean that her punishment is just but if that's the punishment that that country imposes, then that's what it is. Now, I don't know about all this extra shit where they just moved her, but her hey, baby. Bro, it's, hey, it's people in America get, getting, getting 
destroyed by the criminal justice system and y'all crickets but as soon as she go to another country want to break laws while the usa is having a proxy war with them uh, you, you want to say oh this is terrible come on man but but no you're right because like i know i'm going to take my daughter to atlanta dream las vegas aces game yeah, cause I she's oh, gonna be goes to Vegas. Hell yeah, we gotta go. Cause that is as of today, at least that's the you know that's that is the product. Those games are typically sold out too. I mean, have you seen their? Right. It helps that they're in Vegas. But and they're, they're good they and like good. and 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 here here goes the misogyny thing, right? Their best players are attractive. Yeah. And they're, but they're just really good too. And they're, I mean, but, I, but yeah, I know. Like Kelsey Plum, uh, Aja Wilson. I hope I'm saying her name right. They are good. And it's not Sylvia Fowles, bro. I'm sorry, dog. Like I'm sorry, Sylvia, but like, you know what I mean. Well, and then let's look at it this way too. I know Bill Lambeer was a coach, obviously legendary, at least in Detroit, NBA player, um, very successful WNBA coach. But then now it's Becky Hammond who has coached the first female woman basketball, cis woman basketball player, or cis woman coach, I'm sorry, to coach in the NBA. She came up under pop. It's a very, and of course, the Aces used to be in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And basically, the franchise she played for, essentially. And uh, she's a great coach, obviously. You know what I mean? And if, and if, the, if, if arguably, if not the best coach in NBA history, a top three coach in NBA history, puts a stamp of approval on it, and she gets that job. I mean, think about it. People were talking about her being the one that replaces Pop when he retires. And she's easy and on the eyes, good. too. <laughs> and she's easy on the eyes. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. So a lot works in favor for that particular franchise. And, um, you know, it works out. But that'll be something, too, like I said, that, that I, I definitely – if my daughter is interested in basketball – I will 100% be supporting it. I might even get season tickets, assuming that, like I said, in 13 years, either the league hasn't folded or the prices haven't just went above and beyond. Because, look, unless I'm rich as shit, we can't get rid of the Falcons tickets. So, uh, you, know we'll, they, we'll, you, know they, they, you know, they moved them to College Park, though. Who? The Dream. They play in the G League State. They don't play at State Farm? Nah, they play at. They play college. Touch I am with the league. I didn't know that they play there, even though that arena is new, and it probably will help them look more packed, like more of a sold out game. Because I want to go to a WNBA game and sit courtside. What's that ticket going? Thirty bucks? Come on, man! Don't be disrespectful. Maybe for a regular season game, and it's a bit of bad team. Maybe I don't know, but. Uh, like I, 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 we got free tickets like eight years ago to the game five of the WNBA finals. I paid 200 bucks to sit courtside, uh, to watch the Aces or Diana Taurasi. Same, and who else? Uh, well, Diggins Seattle. plays it. Seattle's, Seattle's good, Seattle's good. yes. Bird, I think it's gone now, yeah. They got, I, I, Jewel. They got Jewel, though, she's good, she's like I, the highest played player in the league. Really? Yeah. Look it up. She got. I think. I think she's getting like. Let me look it up. I, I'd sit courtside to watch Della Don, uh, Brianna Stewart. I don't know who she plays with now. Jewel Lloyd contract. 
she makes she signed a two year fully guaranteed four hundred sixty three thousand dollar contract. She's the highest paid player in the WNBA. She makes two hundred and something. Look, what the fuck? That ain't a bad look. If you making two hundred and something k a year, bro, you're doing great. At the end of the day, you're not living as lavish as Ja right now. But like at the same time, look, you young, you the you the, you one of the best players. Clearly, if you're the highest paid, you know. I know a lot of people don't think Russ is one of the highest players, but and you know what? Uh, one of the best. When 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 we'll go to that next one, Paige Paige Bukers. Brookers from UConn when she comes out, I'll go watch her play. Like I, I, I watched healthy man. I know, but she bro, keeps getting she, hurt. She's good. I remember her freshman year. I mean, like I said, and I'm especially one of the things that will get you interested too. Gambling better. I'm a better. Yeah. So like I do look at I look at look especially the top programs. I definitely look at that shit. And so now I'm not saying we taking Mari to uh, you know Georgia State basketball games, but we'll travel to Tech. You know, or when Georgia, if they do the SEC, I know they go to Greensboro a lot, but like if they do like the SEC tournament. What about? Why don't you take her to Stevenson High? Fuck no. (laughs) She, because she's not gonna go to school over there anyways. I mean, think I live downtown, so right now, if 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 currently, if I stayed within the area of where I'm at, she'd go to like what is now it used to be Grady, but she's not gonna. I've already made this decision. My daughter is going to private school for high school, and she's going to do public the whole way. But whatever, public the whole way up until that. But uh, she would go to whatever the feeder school would be for what is now Midtown High. Midtown Which High. is Grady, formerly Grady, if I live, you know, stay within this confine. Yeah, I, I, I got to figure out the school thing. I got to figure out where I'm living at. <laughs> yeah, because you might not even be in Georgia. I mean, I'm sure you would prefer. Oh no, you're gonna get out. Yeah, your plan is to be here. But like yeah, but um but yeah, I mean that would be kind of how I would do it. So no, no Stevenson games though. Nah. And then the, actually, you know what? Stevenson's girls, aside from the and maybe even more than the football team, Stevenson's girls were actually always very good. I mean, they were final four elite eight every year. No, seriously, Stevenson's girls always could ball. You know, that summit, summit took a visit up there when I was in ninth grade. She visited somebody. Did you see Pat Summit in the flesh? I did not, but they were they cleared out like gym class got canceled because they were meeting at the gym and they didn't want like class, like you know what I mean? You just see this and especially look, she was popular for women's basketball, so most people. Even if you're a guy that just doesn't watch college, you know who that is. You watch ESPN, so you knew who that was. You would know who I, that is. I missed what you said. I, I, my internet was going crazy. You talking about oh. Carol Lawson? If you, no, I'm saying if you saw Pat Summit and you're a guy that watches sports in high school, you knew who that was. So, yeah. so they uh, they cleared the gym. I had gym that day. I, I had first period gym. And so they met in the morning, and so, like, they – we did like health that, that I don't know. It was like in a classroom. They, it was something stupid to where basically we couldn't be in the gym. But then they had said after it was done that, uh, what was that girl's name? It was a girl at our school that basically she had a visit that it was an in school visit. 
and they were in the gym. I don't think she did a workout or anything crazy, but I think that just meeting in the gym made a lot more sense because basketball. But she had came to visit her at the school. Yeah, maybe she might even been in that first period of gym class and one of the class. Because, you know, in gym, it's like six gym teachers, five gym teachers. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, especially at a, at the time, a 5A school. I mean, my class was like 50, 60 people. You know what I mean? Like, and there's, but there's like six different 50, 60 people class. It was a big class. Yeah, gym was fun. Gym was wild. Especially Friday. <laughs> When it was freestyle Friday and you could play ball and everybody's picking teams and it's like, all right, let's run these niggas. We would do three on three at each basket. So we spent an hour and a half on not our normal stuff, uh, but let's let's get to let's get to football. And Mia Khalifa is on my TV in a Sonic commercial. Really? Usually, when she pops up on one screen, it's not doing that. <laughs> She doesn't pop up on my screen unless she's in that Sonic commercial. Well, when she has before. She's never popped up on my screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe that. But go ahead. Go on. Go on. She's never popped up. I didn't say that you've watched her on the screen, I, but she has never popped up. Come on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to watch her, her YouTube show at Gilbert Arenas when they did the sports podcast. Yeah, I watched that. Don't you lie to yourself. <laughs> You're better than that, Lee. And I expect better. 